we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. He says, this I charge unto thee, son Timothy, referring to him as his spiritual son, because he was imparting all of these things into him, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good war or fight a good fight. So the prophecies that I've given you telling you what you're going to be in these different things, he said, so that you could be mighty and good war, I commit thee uh, according to those, meaning they're, they're coming true now. All the prophecies are coming true. And this is going to help you, this next part, 1 Timothy 1 and 19. Holding what? So he tells Timothy to do two things. Holding faith and the what? So holding faith and holding a what? Good conscience. This is what we're talking about today. With some having put away. Some didn't have a good conscience. And so they were put away concerning the faith, having made shipwreck. So they actually were shipwrecked because they did not hold faith and a good conscience. I mean, you know what a shipwreck is, right? Yeah, a shipwreck is a ship that crashed. It, it's not a ship. No, it, it, it's good for nothing now. He's saying there are some that are good for nothing now because they didn't hold on to faith with a good conscience, meaning that they had an agenda. So they were out preaching with an agenda. And basically, Paul is referring to himself in this, saying that their agenda was against me. So because they didn't hold to faith with a good conscience, they had an agenda against me. And then Paul does something that makes folks mad when I do it today. He tells you who it was in the Bible. He said, I'm going to tell you who these shipwrecked folks are. Of whom is <laughs> Hermenius and Alexander. Remember Alexander, the coppersmith that did him much harm. These guys put Paul through by saying that Paul was a false teacher and they were changing the word into Gnosticism and basically holding on to a false doctrine of Gnosticism. They were teaching this and saying Paul was the heretic. So Paul is saying Hymenius and Alexander are shipwrecked. Meaning they just trash. So what I did whom I delivered unto who? He didn't say God. He said, I delivered them to Satan. You know what that means? He had them put out of the fellowship. He got rid of them. So that they may learn not to what? Blaspheme. So he kicked them out, put them out so they could be out, hoping that by being out, they would learn a lesson. Are y'all still with me? Folk don't like this, but this is the part of the Bible that don't ever get preached. Yeah, because folks, you know, they always, man, you calling names. You ain't supposed to call names. Well, Paul called names. He let folks know who the folks were that was coming against the truth of the word. He had to let them know because, I mean, he, he's preaching one thing and they're saying another about him, discrediting him. Y'all still with me? 
Oh, yeah. Some folk don't like the name calling, but man, you got to call names. You got to let folks know who it is. I like to use the example of the Chinese restaurant that's selling dog meat. Don't come telling me, man, this Chinese restaurant selling dog meat, man. Chinese, which one? I, you know, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna say. I ain't gonna say, but just, just be careful out there. You didn't help me. Just, just, just watch it, just watch it, man. Watch it while you out there eating at all these restaurants. No, Paul is specific. Paul is letting you know, man. He said which some have put away. This is what most preachers would, they would end it right here. Some have put away. I ain't going to say who, but some. There are many out there. And then he came back and said, yeah, well, I'm going to tell you who it was. Very important. 1 and 19. Hold faith with a what? Good conscience. Your faith don't work if you have a bad conscience. Ooh, we about to, this is where we're going. Mm-hmm. We must hold on to our faith even in the midst of things that come to make us what? Doubtful. No matter how things appear, we must continue to do what? Believe. Hebrews 10 and 23. Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without what? Without what? So we got to hold on to it no matter how things Look, if you let go of faith because things look bad, you never had faith. You were walking by sight. And since when did we start walking by what we see? Man, if we was going to go by what we see, we would be, it would be real bad, wouldn't it? Amen. But we believe and have faith to trust God. Hold fast to that profession, meaning hold strong to it. Grab it, grip it up, and don't let it go. Keep your faith. Look at somebody and say, keep the faith. Our faith can be hindered by our own, our own what? Conscience. I don't think people realize how much demonic activity is really going on behind the scenes. We come in here and we talk about the devil and we talk about God and we believe God works miracles. We believe God manifests himself in this realm and does wonderful things for us when he feels like it and he blesses us and he's there when we need him and he, when we're feeling bad, he comes to lift us up and when we're hurting, he comes to mend that. And we, we believe that God got all this in and out access going on in and out of the natural and the spirit. We don't even think about what the devil is doing. He's doing the same thing. He's trying to make your life miserable. Going in and out of the natural and the spirit realm. A real devil. A real devil. Yeah. And so, if your conscience is not good or it's bothering you, you just gave the devil a playground. You can be mad at somebody and hate them. But when you're not around them, you feel bad about it. You either feel bad about what they did or you feel bad 
that you don't have no fellowship with them because of what happened. Right? Well, that's, that's a bad conscience. Then the enemy comes in to make you feel like you're right for feeling like that. Then you start thinking about all the altercations and what you should have said when you didn't say it. And by the time the devil is finished, you sitting there breathing hard, chest pains, crying, and hate in your heart. And the devil walk away, all right, I'm, I'm done. And he just puts you in there all because you had a bad conscience about something. When if you had went and dealt with that situation, brought it to a resolution, and had a good conscience about it, you could have faith that it would get better. Am I making sense in here? When we do things that we shouldn't, we hinder our faith. You can't have strong faith and keep sinning. You're going to start thinking that God don't like you no more. Yeah, so... When we do things that we should not, we hinder or hurt our faith. All our, if all our prayers are repentance prayers, we ain't getting nowhere. Every time you talk to God, you got to spend the first hour cleaning the week up. God is like, man, I can't do nothing with you. You can't worship him. You can't praise him. You can't tell him you love him. Every time, Lord, I love you. Oh, forgive me, Jesus. Forgive me. Just, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry. Every time you talk to him. Look at somebody and say, stop sinning. Just stop sinning. When we do things that we shouldn't, we do what? Y'all, to, uh, to stop sinning, got somebody. <laughs> they, devil wouldn't let him say it. Stop. <laughs> what? <laughs> stop sinning, man. You can't get before God and be real with God because of your behavior. Amen. You are a scalawag, a vagabond, just old. <laughs> Yeah, because you can't act right. You can't act right. Your whole family going down the tube, going downhill. Your whole family. You're messing up everything because you can't live right. Amen. Oh, yeah, this is an old-fashioned message. All of them are. Amen. But you got your whole family. You're going to mess everything up. Because you can't stop sinning. So it's hindering your faith. Yeah, it hinders your faith. Ooh, it's quiet in here today. Titus 1 and 15 says, I'm going to encourage myself. Y'all ain't going to mess with me. Unto the pure, all things are what? Pure. But unto those that are defiled, and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But even their mind and their what? 
even your mind and your what? Conscience is defiled. God don't want you in the fellowship like that. Paul put Hermenius and Alexander out of the fellowship because their conscience was defiled. That means that you can sit and hear all the sermons you want. It ain't going to help you. While you in church, you thinking about ways you're going to sin when you leave. It's time for you to go. God forbid you hurt somebody in the fellowship. Yeah, so God got to get you out of here, and he will. He does every time. Yeah, you just, you just, you just, he'll hit the eject button, and you're out of here. Yeah. Not that we're all perfect, but we ain't vagabonds. Wanderer. Wondering what, what sin I can do next. Hey Amen. We're trying to live right in here. Amen. Oh, somebody clap something. Good gracious. Poor folk don't like these messages. Lord have mercy. Yet the Lord is coming for all of it. Amen. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. Nothing's pure to them. Meaning nothing is 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 I mean, they, they'll mess up anything. Hymenius and Alexander, Paul writing the Bible, and they coming against the writing of the Bible. That wasn't even pure to them. Because they were defiled and unbelieving. Can I keep preaching? When our faith is hindered, we begin to harm the faith of others. So, sin hinders our faith. And then when our faith is hindered, we start messing with the faith of others. And then we become stumbling blocks for those that are trying to do what is right. God don't like stumbling blocks. Look at somebody say, God don't like stumbling blocks. Man, you let the devil be the stumbling block. Don't you be used by him and be one. Amen. The scripture says Romans 14 and 13. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather that no man do what? Put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall where? In his brother's Wait, this is a problem I have with all these secular artists and different ones and even gospel artists uniting with secular artists and all this. Brother, if you're creating a stumbling block, you on Snoop Dogg's album and folks go start following Snoop because you on the album, you just created an occasion for your brother to fall. That's going to cost you. Yeah, you old preacher and you got movie stars and junk in your, you know, bringing them up. Oh, y'all, this is the dude from, from the, uh, the, the power. Here, here come 50 Cent. Come on up here and get the mic in church. So then they leave there. Well, they don't have to leave. Now they got phones. Now they all following them. Had a lady tell me just not too long ago, Prince, you know, because I, I put something online about Prince, and she was telling me how, you know, this poster that was up of Prince was attacking her at night. Yeah. Y'all know Prince can do that kind of stuff. <laughs> he was special. He was special. Yeah, he, he was a little different. Yeah. But uh, And that's what I started out the message talking about, the natural and the spiritual. I mean, how are you going to mess with all these devils and these demons and this kind of stuff, this supernatural activity not occur? 
You don't know what you're messing with. And now he's recording artists now. Lil Uzi Vert and J. Cole. Y'all see J. Cole's new album cover? He's got a, it's a king and he's got in his, in his robe, he's got a bunch of uh, kids on drugs, little, little kids. And they're all on drugs. The name of the album is K.O.D., Kids on Drugs. And in the video, he has this demonic voice, and, and I think it's the promo, a demonic voice talking, and got these little kids all, you know, following him, and they're all on drugs. And I'm talking little kids, four or five years old. They're crazy. You're going to slip and listen to that and bob your head to that every now and then, and you think something spiritual's not happening? But you come in here and lift your hands to this worship, and you think something spiritual did happen? I'm, I'm confused. I'm confused. But judge this rather. Don't, don't put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in your brother's way. I don't want to be the fault of somebody never getting saved. My shenanigans is keeping them from coming to Christ because they watching me be no good or not. Watching me compromise. That's an occasion to fall. You're a stumbling block. Amen. Falling short or erring does not wipe away our salvation. Okay? I don't believe that. Right? I don't believe falling short Erring doesn't, I don't believe that wipes away salvation because I believe salvation is perpetual based on your belief. Okay, so if you have faith and you believe, you are saved. Can I say that again? I ain't, now this is, I'm not preaching eternal security. I don't even know what that is. How you can just claim eternally secure and just claiming it because it has to be faith. And the Bible says faith without works so it's dead so there's no faith if there's no works so if you just got saved and now you back to the way you were then there was no faith involved so there's no works involved so you ain't saved so you can't God ain't gonna when 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 and when you standing in judgment you ain't gonna be able to go into the secretary's office and go get a get get the sheet of paper <laughs> get a photo of the service when you were sitting in the chair I came up and I, I became a member. You don't even know that whole chair situation had nothing to do with salvation. They wanted to make members. They wanted to get you saved so they could make a member. That's why they sat you in the chair. Amen. Ain't no such thing as a sinner's prayer. All that stuff. That's just all made up church stuff. It's perpetual. You got to believe unto the end. He that endureth unto the end shall be what? Saved. Saved. Uh, uh. Yeah, that's, that's Bible, man. Y'all quit letting society mess you up. Get a Bible and read it. It's in there. He even talked about the ones that didn't make it to the end. He said they left us. They walked out from us. But they said they was with us. He said, well, but the very fact that they didn't come all the way and make it to the end proves that they were never really with us. But falling is short. Or erring, it's not going to wipe away your salvation because we all fall short in error. Amen? It's a constant battle. The way you were raised, stuff you grew up with, stuff, you, you got to fight stuff. 
We all fighting stuff. Anybody not fighting anything and you just ready? Don't raise your hand, you'll die right there. Because you're ready. What you doing here? <laughs> yeah, we all battling stuff. Some of our battles, you know, I mean, some of the things we're battling, I mean, we've we, we all been through stuff. Anybody been through something? Hey, Amen. Some of us been through some stuff. So, erring or falling short is not going to wipe away salvation, but it does inhibit our what? Belief. Okay, now here we go. Falling short may not get rid of your salvation or, uh, or wipe it away, but it's going to inhibit your ability to believe if you keep falling short. If you keep falling short, you'll stop believing that he can keep you from falling. The Bible says, now unto him that is able to keep me from falling and present me faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Right? So he can keep us from falling. But if you keep falling, it's going to hurt your confidence or your faith in believing that he can do that. I know I'm preaching. When we fall our conscience disturbs us and weakens our what? Faith. So every time you fall, you get a little weaker. Falling ain't strengthening you every time you, I'm talking about falling in the sand. It ain't making you, God ain't using sin to make you stronger. Let me just keep doing it because the more I do it, hey, the more I recognize his mercy and how much he loved me and oh, he just want to keep me and oh, he know I'm a wretched, raggedy, trashy mess. He know I'm just filthy rags. Oh, but after I finish sinning, that's the, that's the closest I feel to him. You a nut. You a nut. It's the opposite for me. I'd be like, Jesus, I don't hear nothing. Golly. Like, it's going to be some days on that one, brother, before you hear back from me. Because you knew better. That's how he treat me. You knew better. You, you grown. You knew better. No, I ain't talking to you. No. Come back, Lord. Ah! <laughs> I don't want to hear from no G. Craig Lewis. That's why those men in, in the Bible, what did they do? They ripped their clothes off. Went and got dead men's ashes and spread them everywhere and rolled around in them. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. Where are you? And God was like, I'm trying to hear that, man. You knew better. So don't work like that. You keep falling and every Sunday just walk up to the altar and just, ah! Somebody just spilled you out of a carton. Poured you on the altar. Ah! Y'all ever been to, you know, the Baptist churches? Because, you know, folks don't get happy at a Baptist church. But folks would wail and travail every now and then. Wasn't that the scariest thing? I was traumatized by that when I was young. Because they'd just be quiet and somebody, ah! My dad was preaching that one, you know, we was guests. So I'm sitting there, you know, my heart beat fast. I'm scared to death. What is going on? Ah! 
So I got in the car. I was like, Daddy, what was that? He's like, ain't no telling what she did last night. <laughs> oh, it was that. It's like that, huh? They call that travailing. Man, I'm glad I don't go to a church like that. And the deacons moaning, moaning. Some of y'all, did y'all grow up like, anybody grow up with a moan, wet to the deacon? Guide me, oh, you great Jehovah. Take me through this barren land, guide me, oh, great. <laughs> You know, I really, I thank God for my ministry training. I, I literally was a, I was a member of pretty much every denomination that was. Because I played music. And so I, I mean, every kind of church you could think of, I was in. So I knew all of the, the doxologies and the, the, you know, the beginning. The, I knew all of this. I knew how to play it. had to be, learn all of that stuff to make some money. So I knew all of it, but man, it just, you know, I used to, I never understood why church was so depressing. Like, precious Lord, take my hand. That's like the most depressing song ever. That's the get in the bathtub with a razor song. And I didn't know why the song was so depressing until I started studying Mahalia Jackson and her life. I mean, she wrote that drunk. No, no, Thomas, what's his name? Thomas Dorsey. No wonder, prison. I mean, yeah, bathtub. We don't even know why these songs are like that. Yeah, oh happy day. It should be oh happy gay. Cause the dude that wrote it was flaming. wasn't even trying to be a man. You know, when a man never marries, he was never trying to be one. He was never trying to be a man. Edwin Hawkins was never trying to be a man. I'm calling names like Paul did. But all them Hawkins, they, they believed that inclusion. They believed in inclusion. Andre Crouch believed in inclusion. So what Carlton Pearson just put out, I'm not going to do this now, but what he just put out is nothing new. He's had an underground, y'all heard me talk about this in, in Thieves in the Temple. Because we actually infiltrated it and found out he had a whole underground network of pastors, singers, musicians, and actors that were paying tithes to him and his inclusion movement. And Andre Crouch died in inclusion. All these guys, they believed in inclusion. The reason they believed in inclusion is because their faith was shipwrecked by their sinful lifestyle. You keep living a sinful lifestyle, you have to make accommodations for it. Man, I'm preaching in this place. And I feel it. Falling short, our errand does not wipe away our salvation. When we fall, our conscience is disturbed. And it weakens our faith. Second Corinthians 13 and 5. Examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. So Paul is talking to the church. Why would he say this to the church? If everybody was there in the church, why is he telling the church, examine yourself to see if you even need to be in here? 
wait a minute, ain't this the church? This is where they all we all should be. Yeah, we should open the door and let everybody know. No, no, that's not. We're a derivative of people that have made a choice to live a certain way. And just because they made that choice, they come in here and fellowship with one another. This is an exclusive organization. So he's basically saying, wait a minute, there's some people in here that shipwrecked that don't belong. He's not saying, let's get this right. You need to get it. No, he said, no, you don't belong in here. He says, examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own, prove it to yourself. Know ye not your own selves? <laughs> you don't even know yourself. Somebody got to come put you out of church. Well, many others sitting with folks and telling them, say, brother, you got to go. You couldn't do that yourself. Do you know when you acting a fool? I do. I I know when I am acting a fool. I know when I can't do, I don't, I don't need to do that again. And I can put myself on punishment. I can put myself on a fast. I can put myself, I can, I, I, God, you don't have to leave me. I'll, I'll separate myself from you for a while and get myself together. I sent myself down. I don't need nobody to come do that. You know why? Because I know how to examine myself and know whether I'm acting a fool or not. But folks that shipwreck, they don't know. The conscience is seared. They've made accommodations for their sin. You don't know. You don't even know it yourself. Somebody got to come and ask you, oh, brother, you need to leave because, you know, you, you, you're just wilding. And you, you've been here a while. You've been here a couple of years and you're still wilding. It's time for you to just go home. He said, no, you don't know it yourself, how the Jesus Christ is in you? Oh, well, except you be reprobates. But Paul, like, man. Oh, I know why you don't know. You reprobates. Some frustrate the grace of God by practicing a lifestyle of sin, knowing that they can be forgiven. I'm going to do this because, you know, God is, oh, he's great in his mercies. His tender. Oh, tender. Oh, tender. You ain't thinking about his mercies. Frustrating the grace of God, knowing, you know, I'm good, man. I'm saved, so, you know, I can hit this joint a little bit, you know. Hit this strip club, you know. A little bit. You know, I mean, God made bodies. He made women's bodies. That's, that's a reprobate. That's reprobate. You're trying to fix it and make it right even though in your heart you feel bad after you do it? Man, I'm preaching in here. This is not true repentance. The Lord told me this a long time ago. It's not true repentance because the desire to sin is greater than the desire to be like Christ. 
When the desire to sin is greater than desire to be like Christ, you're not saved. Not saying you won't error or make mistakes. Romans 6 and 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be what? He's crucified so the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not do what? So that we don't have to serve sin. He destroyed it. Desiring a sinful lifestyle is essentially putting away a good conscience and losing hope in being a new creation. This faithless state carries no real belief that God can save you. You stay like that, you're going to lose hope that you can even be saved. And all you're going to do is just be going around telling folks, little brother, man, I need to... I need to talk to you, man. See, I got this thing going on. You done told 10 brothers and you're still doing it. Don't do that in here. If you ain't going to stop, don't tell nobody. Let me, let me, let me let's see. Let's see. Men and women, get off the phone. Stop talking about it if you ain't going to stop. I'm tired of hearing about it myself because they're coming and telling me. I'm sick of I'm sick of hearing about you and your habit that you can't stop and you done told 10 folks. That's glorying in your shame. You using your sin for attention? Look at somebody say, examine yourself. Hey, you, you, you must not have any mirrors in your house. You must run by them. Oh. <laughs> Call everybody, brother, I had this problem. Quit telling folks if you're not going to stop. Confession is good for the soul. It ain't good for the soul that keeps sinning. That part is not in the scripture. You confess it to stop. Repentance means to turn. The word repent. Can I preach in here? 2 Timothy 3 and 5. They have in a form of what? Godliness but what? Denying the power that was. From such, get away from them. Get away from the dude that's confessing junk to you and he ain't going to change. Bruh, I do this. It takes faith to believe that you are forgiven. Now listen to this. It takes faith to believe that you are forgiven and that you do not have to live what? It takes faith to believe that you do not have to live in sin. That takes faith. A person that practices sin is practicing unbelief. So you're going to be strong at not believing. Ain't that what practice does? Practice makes you better, right? Anybody ever played a sport? You practice so you can get better. You're getting better at sinning and not believing. Hebrews 10 and 26. For if we sin willfully after that we receive the knowledge of the truth, then there remains what? So we go on and say, well, God will take care of these sins so I can keep on in my sinful state. No, the Bible says that that rug gets pulled from under you. There's no more sacrifice for your sin. Yeah, that's that's the scripture. That's the scary scripture in the Bible for a lot of folks. What? I'm saved by eternal. It's eternally. Brother, you don't have the faith to believe that. You don't have the faith to believe in eternal security. And you know they don't because when they're on their deathbed, they start calling for something else than what they was really believing. They start bringing preachers in that they would have never listened to while they was healthy. Brother, I mean, you know, we might need to rethink this eternal security thing because I'm about to pass over to the other side and I'm not too sure. 
They start doubting it. You know why? Because they didn't have the faith in the first place. You believing in that? You don't have the faith. You don't have the faith to believe eternally. You don't have the faith to do that. You got to build that faith. And that faith comes by you living the lifestyle that God said live. That's how we get faith. We get closer to him to know him better. That builds our faith. If you're away from him all the time, then what kind of faith do you have in him? Your father never showed up to none of your sports outings when you was young. That bothered you, didn't it? Especially after about five or six years of never showing up. Then he called you and said, I'm going to show up. What you say? I ain't going to get my hopes up because I know how this goes. You ain't spend enough time around him. You don't know whether he's going to do it or not. That's the same way you feel about this eternal security. If you ain't spending time around God, you don't know whether you're forgiven or not. When our faith has, tr- has been tried and tested, we are fortified to stand against sin and live according to God's will. So we're fortified to, st- to stand against sin. When our faith has been tried and tested by God and sinning and getting in trouble ain't trials and tribulations. Those aren't trials and tribulations. <laughs> Boy, this message right here. Man, yeah, folks think like that. they sin and got caught. Oh, y'all don't understand. The devil is, oh, I just been through this week. Oh. You got busted? Well, yeah, I got busted. Ain't no trial. Ain't no tribulation. That's a consequence. That don't don't feel the same. (laughs) You ain't being tested. God ain't testing your faith by busting you on cheaters. (laughs) They had me on TV. The devil tried to put me on TV. Had the cameras and everything. The devil, the van, the devil's van was following us. Trying to bring shame upon me. But in the name of Jesus, I recognize that van. The Spirit of God said, turn left. (laughs) Trials and Jubilee. Cussed out your boss at work and got fired. Oh, the devil. He don't want me working devil just every job I get every job I get is something the enemy the enemy just is something yeah it's you you crazy nobody got that kind of luck But when our faith has been tried and tested, we are fortified to stand against sin and live according to God's will. We can overcome the sins of our past through what? Through faith. So we can overcome the sins of our past through what? Through faith, believing I will be better. And sometimes you need to say this right here ain't happening again. Because I don't like. The way this feels. 
ain't the devil. It ain't no test. It ain't trial. No, it's me. I'm sick of me. Anybody ever got sick of you? I'm sick of me. So I, yeah, this, this has to stop. But it takes faith to say that. We can overcome the sins of our past through what? Faith. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a what? He's supposed to be a new creature. Old things supposed to be passed away. Behold, all things. If you, if you was a pimp before you got saved, and you saved now and still pimping, you're not a new creation. Even if it's mind, even if you're just pimping in your mind. Continuing in sin makes you lose faith in the forgiven power of God because no change has occurred. Y'all, did you hear that? Continuing in sin makes you lose faith in the forgiven power of God because no change has occurred. The change from the old creation is the catalyst that proves the authenticity of the power of forgiveness. The change from the old creation is the catalyst that proves that something authentic happened that changed me. If nothing changed you, there's no proof that you changed. He said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and then what's the word? Be, what does behold mean? Look, and it's obvious. Let some folks from my high school come in here and, and, and see me. They're going to say, oh, he's saved. <laughs> because we're, I'm not like I used to be. Second Timothy 3 and 8. Now as James and Jamberance withstood Moses, so do these also do what? It's people in here right now resisting the truth. Just, I mean, it's bouncing off you. <laughs> the truth, can't, it can't hit you. It, it, it can't penetrate. It can't get, you can't hear it. Isn't that, isn't that sad? I'm preaching hard. I'm almost hoarse. Yelling. And somebody sitting here and it's bouncing off them like, like I never said it. it you, 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 you can't stop me. That's what they said. Yeah. It don't take, you know, I believe some of the things, you know, but, I mean, you know, I, I know I, I, I can keep doing this. Yeah. It's just bouncing off. Just like that. That's what they were doing with Moses. They basically stood around Moses and said, Moses, look, let, let me tell you something. You say you're talking to God, we talk to God too. We just as saved as you are. You ain't the only one that can hear from God. We hear from God too, and God is telling us, stay in this doggone wilderness and stop following you. Moses said, all right then. <laughs> and the first folks went to hell. The, the, yeah, the first group. But just like they withstood Moses, so do these resist the truth. Men of what? Corrupt minds. And what are they? Reprobate concerning the faith. 
Summary. Oh, man, this was a good message to me. Our faith is tried for a reason. Anyone can claim to know God and claim they believe. But the true test comes from endurance and steadfastness. Faith gives us the hope of change and being a new creation instead of living like we used to. Change is indicative of what we believe. When we believe in the power of God and our faith is tested and tried, we learn that slowly but surely we are being molded into the new creation that God promised. You know you should get better with age. Man, you ought to be stronger now than you were last year. Four years ago. You should be stronger. If you're the same, maybe weaker, you have demons. You don't get to a state and just rest there. There ain't no rest stops in glory. When we believe in the power of God and our faith is tested and tried, we learn that slowly but surely, we are being molded into the new creation that God promised. When we practice a lifestyle of sin, it makes us lose hope in change. And our faith becomes what? Hindered. The homosexual movement, the LGBT, they attack the church because they've lost hope in change. A transgender will scratch your eyes out. <laughs> Because he he changed, <laughs> ain't no love. love. He, he he can't he can't go back. So he mad at everybody. You mean I could have just got saved? Oh no, I I'm, I'm mad at that. All that money, <laughs> boy, they whip your. T- Don't you ever fight a transgender? They whip your tail. They fighting because they can't switch back. <laughs> So when you practice a lifestyle of sin, it makes you lose hope. The more you sin, the more you lose hope. You lose hope in change and you start seeing yourself like that. Then you start seeing yourself like a wretched wretch that can't go before God for nothing. Then you got to find a church that'll make you feel better about it. Practicing sin sears our conscience. And we lack the foundation of a good conscience to reinforce our faith. Because you got to have faith, hold into your faith and a what? A good conscience. That's what he told him. You gotta have a good conscience. Practicing sin sears your conscience, makes you have a bad conscience. Oh yeah, you practicing sin and you come in here in church and I'm preaching like this. You ready? You just Lord, just make me a, make me. A, what, what's what's the what's far as far as going? Make me a bird so I can fly fly away. You don't even want to be in here right now, Lord. Just make me disappear, Lord. Just just right now, right now. Another dimension, Lord. Another dimension. Yeah, yeah, because practicing sin, <laughs> yeah, it sears your conscience. And you lack the foundation of a good conscience to reinforce your faith. So it makes you want to give up. That's why folks that do that always want to talk to somebody. Talking to everybody in the church, spreading all of their sins to everybody because they're trying to get somebody to make them feel better. Because God can't do it. They can't get it from God anymore. Their conscience won't let them get it from God. They can't get encouraged by God anymore. The word don't even work. So now they're just talking to people. Want somebody to say something and say, say something to make me feel better. We can't make you feel better, bro. Your conscience is seared. 
Once your conscience is messed up, you can't have faith. In other words, the more we sin, the more our conscience will fight against the hope of change and being better in the future. People that give themselves over to sin, listen to this, will not only lose faith, but they may begin to change their faith to include their sins. That's inclusion. That's Carlton Pearson. As a result, the mark of God is no longer their mark. The mark of God is no longer their mark. When we concede, give up to sin, we hinder others and become reprobate concerning the faith. A reprobate can no longer be reached. Uh-oh. Can't be reached. You ever talk to somebody like that? Brother, you can't, you, you can't live this lifestyle and practice this lifestyle and go to heaven. Yes, I can. God, I'm, he saved me just like he said. You don't understand. God loves us. He loves me past my sin. He loves, he saw. They can't be reached. Nothing you can say. Nothing you can say. It don't even have to be as extreme as being that, that spirit. It's just folk just want to do what they want to do and believe that they're right. And you can't tell them different. If you tell them different, well, you in a cult. They won't let you do nothing. Like that lady that stood up at, what was that, point 11? <laughs> See, Pastor Craig, you just, you know, <laughs> yeah, 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 you're just taking away all the fun and we can't have no fun. What you doing? What do you want to do? What do you want to do that is so illegal that you got to, what? What do you call fun? I'm preaching against sin. What are you talking about? I mean, just taking everything away. We can't do nothing. We can't. What are you trying to do? I have fun. My kids, we all, that's all we do is laugh and have fun and be saved with it. They ain't got to be boots and an overcoat have to be the end result for me to have fun. What I'm doing, I got to risk somebody's life. Man, I got to cheat death to have fun. I mean, I, I got to get right there. And <laughs> hey, what are you trying to do? I, mean, I got to go to them clubs where they just constantly shoot. We dancing and ducking. Why do you want to be in there dancing and ducking? Oh, oh. You, you can't stop us. Ain't no stopping us now. Why does your fun hurt people? <laughs> you dangerous. A reprobate, they can no longer be reached and, or enlightened by the word because they are shepherd, reprobate. Why would they be saying reprobate if there were none? Tried faith is persistent and will yield us God's promise of change through what? Salvation. Let me bring this to a close. First John 3 and 6. <laughs> oh, Lord. And then this is about to preach. I don't even have to expound. I'm just going to read it. Because John, you know, my goodness. Whoever abideth in him sinneth not. Meaning, practice it. He does. If you abide in him, you don't practice a sinful lifestyle. Whosoever practices a, sin, a, 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 a sinful lifestyle hath not seen him and never knew him. Little children, 
Yes, it's condescending. He's being very condescending on purpose. He's letting you know, y'all are a bunch of little children. You don't know what you're talking about. He's straightening something out with this passage. Straightening out the other way that they were believing. They, believe, they were believing that they could continue in sin and still know God. They could continue practicing the lifestyle and no change occur. He's straightening them out and saying, no, 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 no. If you keep doing that, then you never knew God. You, 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 no, no, you never knew him. You hadn't seen him. You don't know him. You don't know nothing, little children. So let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is what? Righteous. I thought it wasn't about works. Well, right here he said righteousness is works. Because he that doeth it is it. Uh-oh, see, they just, oh, I just messed with somebody's theology. Wait a minute. You saying that is by, no, it's by grace that you believe. And faith, but faith without works. What works? Righteous works. Righteousness. Because he that doeth righteousness is what? Righteous. Even as he is righteous. But he that keeps on sinning, no matter what you tell them, how you preach, no matter what, if they continue practicing sin, they are of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. This is the reason the Son of God was manifest, so he could destroy the works of the devil. So how are you going to keep the works of the devil and be with the Son of Man? Oh, this Bible is preaching. I should have started with this part, Elder Tritt. Whoever is born of God, don't act like that. They don't practice sin. For his seed remaineth in him, and he, can't, he just can't do that. He just, he, he just can't. At the, he has to stop and say, you know what, I can't do this. Because the spirit of God in me is just not going to let me live like this. So those that are born of God can't live that way. So those that live in that way aren't born of God. This is how we know the difference between the children of God and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth righteousness is not of God. Neither he that loveth not his brother. So basically everything I just said and loveth not his brother, those are references to your sin. Because if your sin is hurting someone else, you don't love them. You, you, you don't, you, that's what the whole love, that's why he always throws that into loving your brother because that's what it's about. Loving your neighbor as yourself. But if you're sinning against them, you don't love them. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of the Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124, or donate online at exministries.com.